Welcome to this good podcast, this this kind podcast. Are you doing the Fruit of the Spirit thing? Yeah, we're in the Fruit of the Spirit series, and those are the ones we're going over today. Uh, we're Rochelle and Carter. I see what you did there. See? See? It, was, it wasn't like you were hiding it or anything. <laughs> well, and honestly, the first one's factual. This is a good podcast. It's not great. Um, <laughs> this is where we go over our, our quiet times, what we're going through. And, and specifically right now, you're at a great time. We're going over, before we get to Thanksgiving, what is the fruit of the Spirit that it says in Galatians 5? And honestly, the reason, just to recap why we're doing this as a series, is I no longer want to see myself through my own words about myself. Okay, so d- describe that. You don't want to see yourself as like the the negative thoughts you have? Or I what do you mean? Especially during 2020, mm-hmm. we've had so much um, time to look inwardly, introspectively, or, or even look on the outside of ourselves and just be able to nitpick, nitpick, nitpick. Sure. Because usually we're so busy, so busy, so busy. We're always on the go, always on the go. Now, now we're kind of like alone with our thoughts. There are times that we find ourselves in that way. Not to imply that you're not busy because it certainly has picked up over the year. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, just looking in the mirror and calling out all the things that you don't think you, where, where you... Uh, stack up, you know? And I'm, I'm, so I want to look this up again and just make sure to read the verse. So, you know, in case you haven't been with us, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. Those are the first four. And we've gone over those. You can catch up with the recent episodes, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And God prescribes all of those for us have I gone to his pharmacy to check it out yet? <laughs> like, it's available. It's available. Mm-hmm. He's already written the prescription. Uh, it's not something we can manufacture on our own. It's something that the Holy Spirit has given to us. And so I no longer want to look at myself through my own eyes. I want to look at myself through his eyes and say, okay, God, you say that I can take ownership of your love and joy and peace and patience. And today we're talking about, well, you already talked about it. Kindness. And goodness. Yes. And and these, I think, are when you go over a list like that, patience stands out. You know what that is. Uh, love and even joy to some degree. Kind of it's it's easy to, to instantly you, you see peace is its own thing yeah. is self-control. But kindness and goodness sound a lot alike. And that's why we're going to do them together today. And what um, when they're broken down from Greek translation, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. And so interestingly enough, when you read this verse or two verses, excuse me, it's Galatians 5, 23 in the King James version, it reads completely differently today for kindness. It says gentleness, which can be super confusing because it's like, but gentleness is also a fruit of the spirit. What do they say for gentleness? Meekness. Meek. Okay. Meekness. Okay. And then instead of um, self-control, they see temperance. Okay. So we're, we're going to go over the, the Greek translation of these words, and it's fascinating because it does help you differentiate, oh, that's what that is. Yeah, so you can, I, so we can all really buy into it instead of look at that verse and go, I'm supposed to be a good person. Yeah. But I like, there's so much to them. It all sounds the same. If you're kind, aren't you being gentle? Mm-hmm. And th- well, that, I would say, is probably accurate. If you're being loving, you're being all of these things because it's all encompassing. I, I have a thing about that. I'll, I'll, we'll get to that in just a second. Uh, oh, let's go okay. over kindness, and then I'll say, I think we can be kind and not gentle. Okay. Uh, and so we'll get to that in just a second. So let's, you're going to go kindness first? We're going to do a little kindness. Okay, let's do, do it. Okay. Yeah. Kindness or gentleness. It, it does come from words that describe people who are kind. And in fact, um, when they're showing kindness or being friendly to others— 
But this is one thing that I took away from my reading. This is somebody that was able to be sympathetic, compassionate. This is someone who chooses to adapt. You know, Mm. Paul, he was one of those that said that I can become everything to all men so that they might know who Jesus Christ is, which basically means I'm going to get to the level where people need to hear from and and they're going to be able to understand because I'm speaking to them on a level, a plane that is understandable. It, it doesn't mean to condescend. Sure, sure. It means to adapt. And there's there is a humility about that as opposed to the pride where most people are like, well, you have to rise to meet this level. No, Jesus went from heaven to earth. True. Talk about lowering yourself from from the perfect place to a sin-filled, broken place. I've always thought that was an interesting one that Paul said that, that uh, he will be all things to all people, because especially when you're growing up and there's peer pressure and, you know, do you want to hang out with the wrong crowd and Mm -hmm. there's all that, or even just your identity and you want to be yourself. You don't want to fake it. There's so many movies that we've seen where to fit in, you fake who you are. But I think it's more along the lines of even, even activities to some degree of, I'm not really into basketball, but I like these people. They watch basketball. I'll watch a basketball game with them. Yeah. And you don't have to fake that you know about basketball, but you're just, you're, you're, you'll ask questions, you'll talk about it. And then hopefully, especially if you're wanting to tell them about Jesus, it'll lead to a spiritual conversation. It's not condemning somebody for where they're at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's finding ways to connect with them because you were once where they were in a different capacity. Maybe not exactly where they were. You know, and I'm talking about spiritual things, not basketball. <laughs> right, right, like, right. If you, love basketball, if you like, can't dribble, <laughs> then, yeah. <laughs> I'm t- but I'm talking about like, um, we've used this as an example before, and it's one of my favorites when Paul is in Athens and he sees the the idols that are set up to just the multiplicity of gods that they have in that area. And he sees the one set up to the unknown God and there's literally no statue there. He commends them for this. Right, right. So he adapts in in the circumstances that he's in. God has called him to be there. And he is going to point to them and not say, you're horrible human beings and you deserve hell, Uh even though we all do, by the way. We all deserve hell. But grace calls for a different order. And he decides to encourage them and says, you are very, very good to acknowledge that there are things out there you don't know. And let me tell you who this God is. He obviously handled it perfectly. But let's change the circumstances. Okay. Let's say he walks up to one of these churches, one of these people groups that he's written letters to. Mm -hmm. He walks up to the church of Ephesus or the Corinthians or whoever, and he realizes they've set up all these gods and the unknown God and all that after he's already met them. And, you know, and they've already started the Christian church. Paul leaves. Paul comes back. He's going to handle a little bit differently. He'll probably rip him a new one. (laughs) What are you doing? I told you about the truth. What on earth? Why would you go to this, these other pagan gods and these other, you see where it would, it would differ on the situation. Yeah. And and you have to know how to read your audience. True. So, I mean, look at your own children. If you've got a couple of kids at home, you know that each of them are different. And therefore, when you bring a topic to discuss with them, maybe it's even a disciplinary thing, you might handle the punishment differently with each child. Right. Because they're different personalities. And- I think that's what Paul did now clearly. And he even mentions, you know, that he did not handle everything perfectly. Uh, but he talks about mercy in um, in a capacity. You understand he he had to understand what mercy looked like because he probably uh, needed to dish it out 
after having said confrontations with mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. or or just the fact that he understood. I, I should say this. This is what I know for a fact. He experienced mercy on this level because of what he had done, where he had been. And God still gave him grace because what God, what Jesus could have said to him when he that this this experience took place, he's on the road to Damascus. He's about to, as Saul, imprison Christians, persecute them. A lot of them got murdered, you know. He's about to go do this, and Jesus basically knocks him off his high horse and says, why are you doing this to me? Who am I doing it to? Me, Jesus. I'm the one you're persecuting. Right. I'm God here. And then that's when, God, when, when Paul has this wake-up call. I say all of that to say, Jesus could have said, you should have known better because I sent you letters throughout the Old Testament prophets, which Paul would have been very familiar with because he was a Pharisee. Yeah, that's true. And Jesus yeah. did not condemn him, but he gave him a second chance. And so he understood what mercy is. And so even though he may not have practiced it in all circumstances, and there, that doesn't mean to say that Jesus didn't knock him off his high horse, but he did it in such a way that was not condemning. I would imagine that that is what uh, people who are put in those um, positions of leadership in churches have to figure out, Lord, Holy Spirit, please keep me in the right frame of mind, right spirit, if you are going to have me confront a situation yeah. that's wrong, but that it's it's honoring to you and it's not condemning because that's not of you. God's not going to call you to something and give you no hope with it. It might be something that's uncomfortable. Clearly, we see Jonah running from what God called him to. Not saying it's going to be easy and that we'll embrace it instantly, but there's hope there. God knows what he's doing. And so I think about my life. If I'm going to beat somebody down so much that they just feel hopeless because they can't get the situation fixed, it's not going to help the situation if, if they're hopeless. I also want to say that that doesn't mean that the action itself is not condemnable. When there's something that's taken place there, like you were saying, if they're if they're erecting idols, if they're doing stuff that's wrong, that you should not come along and condemn the action. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and say you are making choices here that is going to lead to a very negative set of circumstances uh, eternally. So that, I mean, that's what our job is, is to share God's light and his goodness and his word with, with the masses so that they can know what it is to be set free. Um, so I, I, I want to say that when, when Paul was not condemning, I'm not saying he, he wasn't saying to the sin, this is wrong <laughs> right. at all. Yeah. Because absolutely he would take people to task. He took Peter to task on things that he thought Peter was out of line. And this is the guy who Jesus said on this rock, I will build my church. And he's pointing at Peter. So Paul had, he had chutzpah. Yeah. How do you spell that? I don't know, but I need a napkin. (laughs) Glad there's plexiglass in the middle of us. I will tell you, I I witnessed an example in my own child's life of of this kindness and adapting to the circumstances. You know, we're in 2020, we're in a pandemic. There is a lot of political um, vibe to the wearing of masks. You know, people, they definitely have opinions in regards to. But my son's teacher, even though she all but told me that she doesn't necessarily believe that the social distancing is necessary, she has honored those around her that do. Yeah. And so she chooses to wear a mask to honor them. She chooses to wear a mask around the students. She chooses to do these things. And I thought there is an incredible example of kindness Mm -hmm. And whereas I may not 100% agree with you on this political issue, now I'm not even talking about masks, I'm talking about anything, but I am going to honor you as a person 
respect your right to your opinion. That doesn't mean I'm respecting what your opinion is, especially if it's if it involves what I believe is a life and death matter. But I I want to honor and respect and love you as Jesus commands me to do. There is a situation I think I've talked about before. I, I'm a person. I, I don't think it's a big deal. Obviously, if you if you know you can pray wherever, worship God wherever, whenever, then it really doesn't matter if you're wearing a hat or not, okay. <laughs> including in church to me. A different crowd would think differently. And there was a man that uh, I won't get into the whole situation, but he called out a friend of mine that barely ever came to church. And he said, we don't wear hats in church. Well, I, I think he handled it the wrong way. But I was telling some students of mine, hey, let's go over if a situation like that happens. Because to me, I think that he's wrong. But to be kind in the moment. Sorry, sir. Take off my hat. Let's not cause a distraction in church. Let's go on about our business. Yeah. If we need to have a conversation about it later, it's one thing, but it's just not worth I think kindness is also, yes, adapting to whatever the situation is, especially if I'm like a visitor at that church, instead of saying, well, I'm never going to come back here. You know what? I'll take my hat off. This is what's, this is what's going on. I'm going to adapt to the situation. Here's a question for your, yourself to ask in regards to kindness. Do you find yourself thinking about how you can reach others? Do you think of ways that you can change to be a bigger blessing to people in your life? Mm. Because the flesh never thinks this way. Yeah. And so if yeah. I am all concerned about getting to wear my hat because I think it's wrong that that guy made a big deal about it and don't respect the set of circumstances where I realize, hmm, he has a problem with it. Is it that big of a deal for me to take it off? No, even though I disagree with him. I, I don't want to be in the flesh right now because I may disagree and, and start sinning in that. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Right, right. Because I'm not in the right spirit mentality. And always, you know, the, the scripture is clear about, you know, you put out the fire with a kind word. Yeah. And a kind response. And so adapting to your set of circumstances. Gotquestions.org, we've mentioned this. Uh, they can kind of, they kind of break it down, the, the Greek and the fruits of the spirit. It says, when we exhibit the kindness of God, uh, we are tender benevolent, useful to others. Every action, every word will have the flavor of grace in it. And so I guess I would say gentleness would definitely go along with kindness. What we're about to get into mm -hmm. is goodness yeah, and how you can totally be good and even yeah, useful to others. But if you don't do it in a gentle way, I, I guess, honestly, what would come to mind is that your son's teacher with the mask, mm -hmm. she could respect the opinions of others by wearing the mask, but she could grumble about it she could still be doing this. Like she has a choice to either wear it or not wear it. She is choosing to do that to respect others, but she could also demean you in the process. Mm -hmm. Well, cause you think you need it. I'll do it too. Like you, I think you can do kind things in a gentle way. We see people that try to quote lovingly call each other out and it's not so loving, is it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a couple of days ago we were talking about, you know, choosing to wear these things, um, like you would pick out clothes. And, the, the fruit of the spirit. Yeah, yeah, not to put on a face of whatever, but to put on a heart of it. And I think that that's, kindness has to seep in. It can't just be skin deep. Yeah. Because otherwise, it's not going to stick. You that's know? true. That's true. If it doesn't become a part of who you are into your spiritual DNA, it, it's like a bad diet. You're going to go on it for a few days and then, oh, there's a chocolate bar. You know? It, it, what was that noise? That's, that's your flesh grumbling because you want that other person to feel it a little bit. You know what I mean? I want them to understand this is not an easy 
thing that I'm allowing into my life. I'm trying to be kind here. I'm showing you kindness. You hear the snarky. Yeah, no, we hear it. And I also, I think I heard you on Sesame Street once. (laughs) No, no, no. Cookie. Hey, by the way, somebody asked me the other day, randomly, what's your favorite vampire? Oh, that's interesting. And I... That is random. I don't really, I don't really think about that often. And so, uh, at all. So I said, um, well, I, yeah, well, that's a good one too. I, I, I said, I guess the one from Sesame Street. Oh, okay. And uh, they said, well, he doesn't count. And I said, no, I assure you he does. Okay. On that note, yeah. let's go to goodness. Goodness. Which is, I think I'm, I'm extending kindness to you right now. <laughs> ah, there it is. Except I'm saying it. So I don't know if I just snarky, it out. snarky. <laughs> so what is the difference then of kindness and goodness? So goodness, this comes from this. I'm going to read the word agathos. Yeah, I see that here. It means good. And goodness is a sense of being good to somebody. Um, it was used usually to portray a person who was big hearted, very liberal, very charitable, and they would share with their finances. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so when it talked about doing good, it was really and like a, a philanthropist or um, somebody. It was a word that denoted a benefactor. It was someone who could financially support a charitable work. So when it talks about doing good, being good, it's like, all right, now put your money where your mouth is. Mm. Mm-hmm. Is there a way that you've been, and, and maybe you're like, well, I don't have a ton of money. I'm talking about even, yes, with actions as well, doing a service in some way that helps a need. And we know that this is something, I mean, we, uh, the Bible infers that Judas was over the money in the ministry even talked about him, you know, being a little scandalous with the money and pocketed some of the money. But we know that they had money as a ministry. And it tells us in the book of Acts that he did good, that Jesus did good alongside doing miracles. It might even indicate that he gave financially. He had those people that would come alongside his ministry and were able to support and help support the disciples' livelihood over those three years of being in and out of other people's homes, sometimes not having a place to lay their head, as it says in Scripture, son of man has no place to lay their head, even though a fox has a hole, you know. But that we have the opportunity every day to do good. Let me throw a real-world hard situation, and I'm certainly including myself in this, all right? Okay. Because basically what you're talking about, are we backing it up? If we say something that we support, are we able to, are we doing good things with it? Reach beyond yourself to meet a natural need of somebody around you. Okay. And so this can, I I want to say too, I don't want to box you in. You may have another quote ministry that you, you do, but I'm just going to say we all, uh, or uh, those of us that do, uh, certainly Rochelle and I do support pro-life. Okay. That's a big political issue. And we say, especially a lot of believers in Jesus, pro-life, pro-life but do we participate in foster care activities do we adopt are we a big brother big sister um again i don't want to box you in your ministry may be helping with the youth group at church and some of those kids may be foster kids a lot of them may not be uh so again this may not be your calling i'm just saying that's a good example of it's something that so many support but very few actually participate in being able to help with that whole area of life yeah I think Compassion International, um, Feed the Children. Yeah. Are you supporting those ministries? Yeah. Supporting life. Um, Do I put my money where my mouth is in terms of, okay, you know, you're confronted there at the grocery store. And sometimes you feel obligated. Hey, do you want to give to this 
this cause? Do you want to give to this charity? Mm -hmm. And then there are times where out of the goodness of your heart, you're like, yeah. When I say goodness out of your heart, it's the goodness that the Holy Spirit puts there. He's urging you. He's prompting you to put feet to your faith in that moment. So it's just to be mindful of that, that the Holy Spirit is maybe even praying that prayer. God, I want to give to things that honor and bless you. I know that I'm to tithe. So I know that that goes to my church. But the extra offerings, Lord, it talks about those in your word as well. And I want to honor you and I want to glorify you. And it talks about in the book of of James, it talks about like it almost puts it on the same level as defining your Christian walk, like to help those who are in need like widows and orphans. I mean, it's it's a big deal. How am I helping my fellow man? And when I see that need, am I stopping? And I know that gets tricky because we, well, at Carter and I live in a large city. There's a lot of people who panhandle and such. And wh- how do I negotiate that? When the Holy Spirit prompts you, don't question it. Don't go, well, I wonder what he's going to spend that on. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. discover some ways online through the ministries around you, ways that they encourage you to give. Maybe it's to their organization to help the homeless. Maybe, you know, there's something else there that they say, bring along a bottled water and yeah. maybe a... a Blessing bag is what a they call it. Bag, Toothbrush like and all that, that stuff in it, yeah, or, or food. That goodness is is that's what it is. It's talking about helping with the natural need. I, I think one thing because I, I definitely I felt so guilty often of well I don't give to the homeless people specifically or I I'm not going to participate in foster care or adopt or something like that. I think one of the underrated type of ministries that often it's the quiet middle aged man in a church that does and does the most like it's just when you really think about it it's awesome you're talking about orphans and widows and there is you may have if if you kind of grew up in church or in a church now you may kind of a name may even come to mind he's the guy that drives the shuttle to go pick up the old people at the retirement centers to bring them to church and then takes them back after church he's the guy that mows one two five people's lawns because they can't do it themselves or have a service do it. Mm-hmm. Those are the type of things that are huge. And you see these unsung heroes in churches showing goodness, even if it's not monetarily or uh, impacting their life at all. You know, they're not going to come home to a new kid, is what yeah. I'm saying. But that service element for people who can't do it themselves is huge. And I think you have to expand the the scripture, not for the benefit of of you know yourself, but I'm saying... When it talks about widows and orphans, today, I think the, the disciples would write those who are uh, single parent type situations. Mm-hmm. They, mm-hmm. Would, they would include all of these wherever there is a need situation to help in, facilitate in some way and provide in some way for that need. So I love that. If, if look, you're baking an extra batch of cookies or in my case, just buying store-bought cookies because I don't want to hurt anyone. I would give them store-bought cookies. People those, would would have a new a new pandemic would start of whatever they got. But they'd have a great doorstop. <laughs> this cookie works like a doorstop. It's either a doorstopper, it's anybody's fruitcake, or it's Rochelle cooking anything. Yeah. But if I bring that extra batch or whatever along to that family that I know is in need, I, I will never forget, uh, I was a family in need. My dad uh, has bipolar disorder. He had a complete breakdown uh, back in the 80s, and it wasn't discovered yet what was going on, but my mom had to put him into the psychiatric unit at a hospital. And he was a pastor. 
So we were very well known in the church. And instead of people going behind closed doors and gossiping about what happened to Pastor Tim, you know, what happened? They brought us food. This is where you see the church just be so exactly what what Christ wants us to be for each other. Yeah. Support. And there, when we see a need, we bring a lasagna. You know what I mean? It's, it's right. such a blessing. And thank you if you have been one of those people. You have no idea that that was better than money. That was better than my mother was overwhelmed with those actions. Yeah. And well, and we'll never forget. Yeah, we'll too. never. Oh, I won't forget. Yeah. So in a nutshell, Let's go over because we're going to get to, you know, the other ones uh, in the next couple of weeks. We'll get to faithfulness, faithfulness gentleness, self-control we'll or the ones to, remaining. Well, and it, like we said, we were like, you already said gentleness. Yeah, there's more. Uh, yeah. We remember King James puts uh, kindness and gentleness. It kind of switches back. and forth. So it's meekness. You, by the way, do we have to do self-control the week of Thanksgiving? Now, now, Carter. <sighs> Especially during the week of Thanksgiving. I don't want to do that. <laughs> uh, okay, so. This is when Carter bars his wife's old maternity pants and says, all right, let's do this. You are absolutely right. Here <laughs> we go. I'm on seconds before anybody gets to the table. Uh, so in a nutshell, could we differentiate just to end this this, this uh, episode? Of course, we want you to catch up on the the older ones and check out all the, the resources you have at your fingertips at hopeondemand.com. But kindness and goodness, what's the difference? Kindness is when you adapt to a set of circumstances to truly love people well, to get outside of your own flesh and serve them. And goodness is coming and meeting a natural need of someone around you, coming alongside them in a way that blesses them and honors God. Mm. That's great. That's great. And by the way, Rochelle, uh, speaking of needs, I don't have money for lunch this is an opportunity for you to step up and put your money where my mouth is. I brought you this cookie doorstop that I made. You know what? I got to get out of here. Thanks so much for your time. This is the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. Here, I'll throw it. It's a frisbee. Oh, no! That's dangerous! <laughs>